This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Let's go! Now my Heidi Mike or Hannah Tokawingawa and you're listening to That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney. I'm going to kick things off today by acknowledging that this is actually the 80th episode of That's the Ticket, which kind of makes this my oak anniversary of the show. Technically, Oak is actually like 80 years, but I don't know if I'm going to keep up with this podcast for another 78 and a half years. So 80 episodes is close enough, right? Plus, all my jokes are timeless on the show anyway. Speaking of timeless, uh, long-time listener and third-time, correct me if I'm wrong, guest? Second. Um, David Symes is here. Kia ora, David. Kia ora, Hannah. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for miming. <laughs> second. <laughs> like, um, you know, you could have just come in and be like, um, actually, Hannah, it's the second time. I'm trying to be polite. Is this really only the second time? Yeah, because... We did it in uh, December of 2020, and then every mm. other time you've asked me, I've either been at work or not in the city. You've asked me about eight times. <laughs> hey, it's just I had such a good time the first time around. It was good fun. You know, it's been a long time coming, so no pressure. It's the 80th episode. I've asked you like 80 times. You're finally back, <laughs> so it's got to be the best show I've ever done now, David. I Are think you... it will be. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Hey, every show I do is always the best. That's true. It's, it's up to you now whether or not you do any good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what an intro. Normally I'm polite to my guests, not That's just right. telling them to do a good job. Um, but David Symes, uh, local creative, is that how we would class you? Um, I'd say more of a sort of visionary. No, um, <laughs> I'd say creative. I... I I haven't created a lot of my own work in the fact that I've done none, but I certainly help other people create and visualise their dreams. You know what I mean? I'm happy to do what I need to be done for someone's play to sort of hit the ground running. Okay, so uh, local dog's body. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice way of putting it, though. Yeah, I mean, I... It's not that I haven't tried to create my own things. I certainly have, but I do feel more comfortable um, sort of as a vessel for other people. Mm. Yeah, and and you do that. You're you're a vessel in a few different sense mm. senses because uh, you know you act, you produce, you market. Yeah, you've even done sound. Yeah, and stagehand. I've been. I did the set, yeah. I did the uh, set changes for Connor Maxwell's. Uh, oh, that's stage crew. Stage crew. Yeah, yeah. Was that sure. Lonely Hearts? Yeah, it was Lonely Hearts. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gee, that was about a year ago that that. Yeah, it must yeah, have been. They did a last Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. I know. Yeah. Oh, that was a good show, actually. I loved it. Uh, I was, well, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, I should have auditioned. Um, <laughs> but it was it was nice, at least, to sort of be there to help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to a lot of the rehearsals just because I wanted to see my mates have fun. Um, but then Connor was like, oh, you may as well just help out. So I did. And it was it was good. 
Was that your first time doing stage crew? Um, my first time doing stage crew in the sense of like in a real theatre, not at school. Oh, when yeah. I was at school, it was like, oh, um, everyone has to do everything all the time. Thanks. <laughs> hey, it still counts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. And I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of pressure, though. A lot of pressure. I can't... Because I've done stage management as well. Yeah, yeah. In the sense that I was like, hey, guys, please bring those things on. Um, don't know how people do it all the time. Hard work. Well, I, the way I describe it, and I feel like I've probably said this on the show before, but it's kind of like you sweat for 20 minutes for, you know, 20 minutes of sweating for a 30-second set change, mm. Yeah, if that. Well, I remember when I, I went to see uh, Heathers. Oh, yeah. And I just, you know, the revolt. Well, you know the revolt, obviously. You're involved in the show. But, yes. Oh, I was terrified as an audience member that it wasn't going to work. But it was fine. But that would just be so much pressure. I think the, the, one of the good things about that revolve it's not the first time I've worked with a revolve, but it was a manual revolve. Mm. So we had um, the crew out the back, you know, Those big pushing sticks. it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I, Mary Poppins, when Hamilton Operatic Society did it in 2016, 2017, I think, um, they had a revolve. It was a lot bigger and it was electronic and it was just a button. And it feels like a lot of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The visual medium of me just cringing then. Yeah, guys. sorry. I'm like, people can't see David going. <gasps> <laughs> Because, you know, it's just the whole, what if you push the button and it doesn't work? Yeah. Or you push it too early and Mary's like, chim, chimini, chim, chimini, chim, chim, it goes it away, you know? Actually, friend of the show uh, and of us, Missy Mooney, manned the revolve for uh, Mary Poppins. Legend. Never missed the cue either. Never does. Um, I think Christina was in that show. Yeah, she was. Yeah. I think she, she played Queen re- Elizabeth. Yeah, she got revolved Yeah. On. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it all circles back to people we know. But, um, okay, we might as well continue on the path of your kind of creative history because we've just been talking about you and the creative sphere, which has been... Has it been good for you? It's been good for me. It's been cathartic, at least. Yeah? Yeah. That's that's, that's why this podcast exists. <laughs> it's just so I can talk about things I like and other people can, you know, occasionally get a word in. Yeah. Um, okay, so was Lonely Hearts the last show you worked on? Did you get anything else in last year? Uh... Oh, I did Escaped Alone oh, for yes. Carving an Ice at the Gardens, but I, I can't. That must have been after the fact. That must have been the late late February. So it must have been. Yeah, yeah. actually, I think on my on the that's the ticket uh, with Hannah Mooney Facebook page. I had a memory pop up, being like a year around about a year ago today. I interviewed um, Fiona and Mandy from that that's show. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was. A, I really enjoyed that show. Um, I was doing sound. Mm. I was going to say I was doing lighting, but I definitely wasn't because that was the sun's job. Um, <laughs> Yeah, really. I've never, I've never done. Well, I've performed outside. I did Shakespeare in the park in Tauranga. Mm. Um but you just ignore all that, all that tech stuff when you're performing. But it's, it's hard work outdoors. Yeah, no, they don't. It's, it's, it's not easy. And and people think because there are less kind of components. Like generally, if you have lights, there are less of them because mm. you know there aren't bars to hang lights off in the sky. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but it makes it harder and like power. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, um, the music that we used for it, mm. it would start off quite quiet. Yes. And I'd be like, oh, I really hope it's playing because all the cues relied on the music. Mm. Um, but yeah, I re- really enjoyed the play. Uh, Carol Churchill was one of those playwrights where she can almost do no wrong. And it was, you know, one of those plays, it was classic in the sense that. I if I was an audience member I don't know what to I wouldn't know what to expect but I think it really um I wouldn't say it challenged a lot of people but it really left them 
polarized and they like to talk about it afterwards which is always the mark of a good show yeah definitely and um, actually I think I played some of that music yeah, on the probably. show because I can't remember the composer's Gareth name. Gareth Farr, I think, is yes, his name. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we got consent to play it on the show and so I played Beautiful music. Piece. Haunting. Hauntingly beautiful. Actually, after uh, you've listened to this episode of That's the Ticket, head over to uh, the Facebook page and I will put a link up to that last year's episode so yeah. people know what we're, what we're on about. Yeah. So um, remind me, refresh my memory, how long have you been in Kitty Kitty Draw? Um... Must be five years. I think I saw a Facebook memory pop up of me moving to the Hall's residence in uh, February of 2017. Okay. Yeah. So. And you've 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 managed to get quite a bit of uh, theatre in. I've tried. I've certainly tried my best to, um, you know, tread the boards as it is. Um, yeah, it's just something I really like to do. You know, uh, I used to think that I wanted to be an actor professionally, mm. and then I saw what it takes, and then I sort of thought, well, maybe I'll just do this for fun. Um, I just think, you know, I've got I've got a lot of respect for people who go to like drama school because it's hard yards, it's yeah. hard yards, and well, and alternatively, people who just keep working until they get noticed. But um, yeah, I, I much prefer just doing doing it for fun. Yeah, it's a bit like sport. I used to love playing sport, and then someone was like, "Oh, David, you know, this could be a career." And I was like, "Oh my god, no!" Oh. What what sport would have been your career sport? Well, this. <laughs> For people listening at home, I'm very short, but um, I was told that I should play rugby professionally. Really? Which is ludicrous, I think. Were I was alright at it. Yeah, I was going to say, were you any good? I was alright. I was a hooker. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, just taking hits and throwing balls. Um, but yeah, I, I remember distinctly at school, we lost a game by like 37 points. And my coach was like, right, boys, running 37 laps because you lost by 37 points. And I just quit. <laughs> That'll just quit. do it. That'll do it. I was like, oh, I just want to hang out with my mates, you know? I mean, they can't make it. I would have been like, cool, see you next practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you yeah. need me on the team. Well, when I was about 16, I stopped playing sport to do theatre at school. Yeah, the two don't work. No, you don't have enough time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I started doing theatre at school and just, I don't know, just felt right. It mm. was fun. People seemed to enjoy what I was doing and I'm a sucker for praise, so... I just kept going, and then yeah, five years later, I haven't you know I haven't been in a show for a while. Um, what was the last one you were in, actually? Uh, I did James Smith's Masters performance. That's right. Yep. Um, but before that, I think the last show I was in was probably Riding in Cars with Mostly Straight Boys. Yes, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, September twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I did um, the three hundred eight production at Waikato University. Mm. Um, so yeah, that. Yeah. Those were the last three. About time to get back back on stage, I reckon. Yeah, well, you know, it's the sort of thing I've been thinking lately about writing, start maybe writing something, but I do feel like, you know, they say everyone's got a novel in them, but I don't think everyone has a play in them. I'd like to think that I'd be all right, but I also, I Every, don't know. Everyone's got a novel in them, though. Surely a novel's a bit more pages than plays. Yeah, but you can just skip through those pages, you know. The boring parts of novels you just skip through. Play, you've got to watch the whole thing. <laughs> yep, yep, to, to understand what's going on. Fair yeah. point, fair point. Okay. Well, hey, if you you know if you write something that you're going to have to come back on, that's the ticket. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to, going to, have to perform it in Hamilton. Yeah, start with a radio play and then we can do it. Yeah, I'm sure Free FM will love it. Hey, I'll love it. <laughs> I, I, I have live performances on the play, on the yeah. play, on the show. I mean, look, theatre's theatre. Plays are plays. Radio plays are fantastic. Um, 
You ever seen? Or you ever heard of King Charles the Third? Um, like I've heard of them as a were they a ruler? Well, no, it would be like Charles, old Queenie's son. He will oh. be he will be King Charles the Third, right? Okay. So they made a play about it in 2014, and it started off as a radio play, and then mm. it went to the West End. Phenomenally good. But yeah, he he like the Queen dies, he becomes king, and he's like it's like Macbeth. Ah, uh, yeah, it's really good. But it was a radio play first, and it was like astounding. So, did you have you heard the radio play? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. T- the man who played King Charles III, his name was a uh, Tim Piggott Smith. He sadly passed away now. Mm. Just phenomenal, just phenomenal. I think I have it on my computer. I'll, I'll, I'll email it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Email it to all the listeners as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, just email David at Symes at notarealemailaddress <laughs> dot com. <laughs> I actually had that on That's the Ticket once. Someone gave out my email address. That's fun. As a joke, but then I'm like, yo, that's my actual email address. <laughs> <laughs> no one emailed in. Oh, one person. I think my boyfriend did because he, he listened to the show. Yeah. And then I think, I can't remember the joke. They were like, email Hannah at blah, blah, blah. Send her something silly. And he just sent me the word something silly. That's funny. Yeah. That's, that's humor. I like that. <laughs> I'd love that. I was just like, the one time you listen to the show, babe. <laughs> and I can say that because he's probably not going to listen to this episode. <laughs> no, he, he will actually. He's like, it depends who you've got on. And I feel like he'll be like, oh, David's got good chat. I better listen. We spoke about The Office the other week. I saw him. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I hear you've been watching The Office. And he was so put out by it because you had told me only like half an hour before that you just finished watching The Office. Yeah. And he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he was so shocked. He's like, how do you know? Psychic. Oh, were you guys having the the American office versus the British office debate? Well, we weren't, but if we were to have it, I would win because the British office is ten times better. I mean, we haven't watched it. It's only like 12 episodes. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why it's so good. Oh, okay. Then maybe I will because I'm like, it took us so long to watch the American one. Yeah. And honestly, I could have, potentially I could have quit, but once I start something, especially if it's a book or a TV show or a film, I'm like, no matter how bad it is, got to get to the end. Yeah, I'm the same. But yeah, it's it's designed to be consumed that way. There's a two, I think there's two seasons of six episodes and then maybe, I think there's two Christmas specials. So Mm. maybe 14 episodes in total. Okay. But it's much, I mean, I think British comedy is better than American comedy. Sorry, guys. Um, And that's why I like it more. Okay. See, now I'm just trying to think. I'm like, what's a really good American comedy? Oh, I've been watching 30 Rock. Oh, yeah, I actually I don't mind 30 Rock. I love a bit of Tina Fey. She's good. Parks and Rec? It's all right. What about Shit's Creek? I haven't seen it, but I really need to see it because there's a character in it called David. Yeah. And I'm a narcissist. David. I like uh, Seinfeld. Oh, Jesus and I started that, but we didn't finish. And then uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm is really good, but that's just because uh, yeah. it's like shocking what about um it's always sunny in philadelphia i could never really get into it i've never watched it and also brooklyn 99 is one that's always recommended to me apparently my sense of humor mm. is similar to that show i just think funny cops is a bit overrated i mean yeah. it's just like we've had police academy do you need to make more I mean, i'll get around to it one day i'm sure yeah. now that it's over i like to watch shows when they're done yeah because i hate then, waiting yeah no i'm the same yeah. and even if a show comes out then i will wait until it's finished like if it's on Netflix um, and they're releasing episodes weekly I will wait yeah me too because I'm like I don't want to be limited I Um, once uh, took a day off school to watch a whole season of Orange is the New Black wow told my mum who probably will be listening that I was sick definitely wasn't oh yo did you finish that show to the bitter end yeah I quit after see I was just saying I quit but like I always finish the season yeah 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 
but I think I got up to season four. It's sad. It's a sad show. I, I was sort of like, there wasn't really a lot of, on Netflix that I was into. Mm. And so I thought I'd finish it. I thought it was much more interesting once they stopped caring about Piper, because mm. I don't. But um, the ensemble cast was just so good that I had to sort of see it to the end. But um, I mean, I cry during lots of things. Yeah, yeah. I cry listening to like soundtracks of films that I've seen. Yep. That show broke me like a piece of spaghetti. Okay. Obviously, I have to. I have to. <laughs> I have to pick it back up because I think the reason I stopped is because I was watching it as it was come out and there was a break between seasons huge break yeah and yeah. then i just never picked it back up because other shows came along it's like stranger things oh like well. the new season comes out in a couple of months but yeah. i was like oh i was like four years old when this started come on <laughs> may 27th i think sounds about right i saw it the other day and i like made a mental note because even though i'm a little bit shady that the, i'm like the last season it would have been a really good end point for that show agreed i mean i'm gonna watch it but i'm like <sighs> yeah you know, did you have to keep going? It did, was so. Did yeah. you know the guy who plays um, the cop? Mm. Do you know he's married to Lily Allen? I did. Yes. That shook me to my core. I don't know why. I think his first name is David. It is David Harbour. Is his real name? David Harbour. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I saw that when it happened on the gram. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't keep up with Lily Allen on uh, on Insta. Yeah. Just follow well. Free FM. You ain't seen nothing yet. And um, that was a very well done uh, segue by me for the next show that I'm going to break for, which is uh, this week's Rick's Pick, Backman Turner Overdrive, BTO, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. And um, actually, before I go into the song, it would have been cooler if I'd just gone straight into the song, but I need to explain to new listeners the importance of Rick's Pick. So basically, I have an Uncle Rick. And he loves listening to music, listens to a lot of radio, has listened to every single episode of That's the Ticket. And when he found out that I was getting my show, he's like, cool, I'm going to hook you up with a list. And then every week you can play Rick's Pick. And every week I have. And uh, this week's going to be no different. So um, here's some BTO, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, just for you, Uncle Rick. Enjoy.
That was this week's uh, Rick's Pick, BTO Ain't Seen Nothing Yet, uh, which I tried to set up with a lovely segue, but, you know, we'll just skip past that. Thanks for this week's pick, Rick, and um, thanks David Symes also, who's been chilling with me uh, for today's episode. He's not sick of it yet. He hasn't left, which is good. (laughs) And it's the 80th episode, and we were talking about how there's a bit bit of pressure on the show for it to be be a good one, and I feel like we're doing okay so far. Yeah, I think so. You know, there's still time. I'm not going to drop the ball if anyone does. It'll be Dave. <laughs> Why? i got to stop um, throwing shades at my guests because you guys are the ones doing me a favour by agreeing <laughs> to come on the show and uh, talk about yourselves and all the awesome stuff you get up to. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah well. Although, um, no, that was mean. I was going to say, although, onto something that's not quite awesome. Would we call it awesome? Maybe more academic. I'm going to ask you about your thesis. Yeah, so uh, I've just completed my Master of Arts in English at Te Wanganga o Waikato. Well done. Thank you. Um, yeah, obviously I'm someone who really likes the theatre. That's why I'm on such a wonderful programme like uh, That's Ticket with uh, Hannah Mooney. But yeah, so my uh, thesis was on uh, adaptation in the theatre, especially looking at the ways in which... Uh, printed media so novels picture books and comic books or Mm. graphic novels if you prefer um, and how they've been adapted onto the stage so um, it's what we would call a transmedial adaptation taking one media and and transforming it to another Mm -hmm. so I looked at um, the original text the script it was adapted to and then performances of that script so it's a bit convoluted um, a lot of research it's it's difficult to write about shows that have stopped being performed or haven't been performed for a long time but I was very fortunate that um, a lot of the stuff that I did some very nice people in Australia um, helped me with archival stuff sent me programs and recordings and things like that and um, also that I've seen two of the shows and I just remember them because they were just so wonderful um, so yeah, it was it was good fun, and I really enjoyed doing it. But it was a lot of work, a year of my life, 137 pages of words. Yeah, yeah. and um, actually, it's just uh, it's all coming back to me now. But uh, last time when I had you on the show in 2020, you were you were starting on this journey, yeah, yeah. and I you were talking about it then. Yeah, and it's been something that I've been thinking about for quite some time. I think sort of when I started at university. Um, we did uh, in Theatre Studies 101 a lecture by my dear friend Gay Paul. We talked about adaptation, and I just sort of had this like spark moment. And yeah, it just stuck with me. And every time I'd read a play, I'd think, "Oh, is this is this going to go in? Is this going to go in the thesis?" And um, a few of them ended up in there. Um, yeah, and I was really lucky to have a wonderful uh, supervisor in Associate Professor Kirstine Moffat. Mm. And it's just it was just. I think a lot of people can get stuck in a rut in academia, you know, like, oh, I'm, I don't know if it's worth anything, but I at least had fun. And yeah. I got to, got to listen to good soundtracks and read reviews of good plays, and it was a good time. It was a good time. So I'm hopeful that um, I'm going to look to sort of publish the chapters in some academic journals because I've written about things that have been uh, underappreciated, I think. So okay. It'd be nice. What, yeah. what are some of the things? Well, um... The first chapter is on The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, mm-hmm. which is my favourite novel and is a wonderful play. Um, but it gets looked at through a couple of lenses uh, to do with like Christopher's Asperger's Syndrome mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think 
my focus was on it as a piece of theatre. So I think that that's the avenue that people will be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to getting bogged down in uh, all the sort of socio-political aspects of, of and the, the stuff behind it. Yeah, and then the other I did. Um, so that was a, a novel adapted into a play, and then I did Masquerade, which was a picture book from 1979, which was a what they call an armchair treasure hunt. So it was like a search and find. Yeah, you have to find stuff in the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it led to real treasure, like genuine actual buried treasure. And they made it into a play with music in Australia in 2015. Um, and they took the original story and then they added also the the adapter's life story. She got cancer from her dad fighting in Vietnam. He, he was affected by Agent Orange. Oh, right, yeah. She got leukemia when she was a kid. And the book that her godmother gave her to escape the hospital was Masquerade. Mm. And she made it into this gorgeous play. Her name's Kate Mulvaney. If you ever want to seek out just the perfect play for 8 to 80-year-olds, Masquerade is wonderful. And then I did uh, the comic to the musical. I did Fun Home, Alison Bechtel's graphic memoir mm. about her life um, living in a funeral home. And her when she came out as a lesbian, mm. her father came out as gay and committed suicide and it doesn't sound like a good premise for a musical but no it's stunning I it's mean, beautiful mm. have you seen it i have i have seen it not not live oh, okay but um christina saw it with megan uh, mm. in london and they said it was just <sighs> gut-wrenching i was gonna i actually had tickets to see it in melbourne in 2020 but yeah, obviously 2020 the world has happened. other plans um just one of those musicals that you could just sort of get lost in i love fun home mm. And I actually read the graphic novel in lockdown yeah. uh, last year, and I wept. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's weird because you're reading it and you're like, it's just not just, but it's mainly pictures and stuff. And the show, um, yeah, it's on my bucket list of shows I'd love to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, sh- it's on at the moment in Melbourne, um, and I was like, oh, maybe I should go over, but not worth the risk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a just a masterpiece of economical storytelling and mm. the way that in which they can have sort of three periods of her life all intersecting. It's just stunning. And in the original cast, Michael Cervais, who plays Bruce, mm. just the performance of a lifetime. I just ah, oh, he's just <laughs> he's in, he is incredible. The whole cast is amazing. And Sydney Lucas, who plays young, yeah. What a voice. I know. What a voice. I mean, she's probably the right age to play um, older Alison now. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. But um, oh, was there... Were, so were those the three? Yeah. And then there were other things that I sort of mentioned, but there were the three examples that I um, thought about. And yeah, they all seemed to flow into each other really well, even though I didn't... Originally, I was going to do Orlando, the uh, the Virginia Woolf mm. novel. Um but then I didn't. So, <laughs> but then I didn't. Then I didn't. Yeah. So the 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 uh, there's a great line in the Curious Incident uh, adaptation where instead of it, because in the novel he writes the novel, but in the play he writes the play, mm. and his um, teacher Siobhan says to him, "Oh, I know, we made it into a play," and I was like, "Oh, that would just be the perfect title for what these people have done. They've taken something that they loved, something they mm. adored, and they've given it new life on the stage." And yeah, I mean, we don't see a lot of adaptations. Uh, they don't really, they rarely come to New Zealand and they're re- very expensive to put on. But often adaptations of written works are really nice. Like War Horse was fantastic. Yep, yep, I saw that one at yeah. the Civic. Mm. Wept also. Yeah, we, 
I saw it at the Civic and bawled my eyes out. And then we saw the same production in London mm. that year with the same cast. And I I knew everything was coming and I just cried every time. Yeah. It's so sad. beautiful. I think I've talked to someone else about War Horse. It's amazing. It, it's come up on That's the Ticket and I think it's also come up on um, uh, Backstage, another yeah, yeah, free yeah, film yeah. podcast with Mike Williams and Mal Martin. They've talked about it. I think it was one of their, because they do like a show yep. each episode and they talked about that. But um, that was uh, quite interesting, especially... L- Technically, it's an incredible oh, yeah. show with people portraying, puppeteering the horses, yeah, um, playing the head, hind, and heart. Mm. And then my sister and I always talk about which, which you'd be, which we'd be. What would you be? I mean, probably, probably the heart. I'd like to say I was heart, but I think I'd be relegated to hind. I just the reason I say I'm the heart is because probably less physically demanding i mean mm. it's all pretty physically demanding i think missy would probably be the head oh yeah yeah, yeah. also between the three of us we have a, whole, a full <laughs> horse, got a horse. <laughs> yeah i've seen a couple of plays by Mar- directed by marion elliott who did war horse and um, mm. she did curious incident as well just they're all spectacles Mm. They, she did Death of a Salesman in oh, London yes. and there was a bit where it went into a dream sequence and all of the furniture just levitated Yeah, and I could not believe my eyes because I didn't see any strings yeah <laughs> actually I went and saw Aladdin I think it was 2019 when it came to the Civic yeah. and you know I go to see the show because I'm like yeah musical but then I was like I'm going to figure out the carpet couldn't no just you got to keep those secrets, I think. Ah, that's why I like to see things twice, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll see the show once for the show and then second time for the tech. Yeah. Especially if it's those kind of big shows. Um, as long as they're cheap. Oh, even then. <laughs> nah, if it's something like War Horse, I would. Wicked, would I would. Yeah. If it's a show, I really vibe. I mean, I, I saw War Horse twice, but it was it was pricey. Yeah. But, you know, no regrets. Oh, no regrets. <laughs> But um, on the topic of um, shows that you've seen, now I'm going to ask you about some of the shows that you're planning on seeing. Yeah, so... Because um, you're, you're going overseas quite soon. I am. I'm going to London in 70 days, not mm. that I'm counting. Um, yeah, we've booked in to see quite a few things. We're certainly going to see, um, a, like, a nice mix of musicals and and, yep. and, and straight plays in the, in the sense of just theatre. Yeah. Um, we're seeing Rafe Fiennes do David Hare's new play, uh, Straight Line Crazy, oh, yep. at the bridge. Um, political drama, David Hare's very good. Sometimes it's a bit on the nose, but I'm hopeful, hopeful it'll be a good one. They're going to National Theatre live it, so it must be all right. Um, so we're seeing that. We're seeing um, one of my all-time, like on my theatre bucket lists, since we're talking about them, you know, with you and yeah. Funheim. Mine was to see Mark Rylance perform. Oh yeah, think he's phenomenal. He's reviving Jerusalem oh. at the Apollo Theatre with Mackenzie Crook, who is a comedy hero of mine. Um, it's a masterpiece of theatre, and he's doing it for eight weeks. And I, mm. bought the, I bought the last two tickets. Oh, David, couldn't believe it. I'm happy for you, but that sounds stressful. It was very stressful. <laughs> um, so we're seeing that, and I'm really looking forward to that. We're seeing. Um, a play at the Royal Court Theatre which is known for its controversy with a title I can't say live on air oh yes um, we're seeing uh, is it um, C-O asterisk K no oh. that's a different we okay. are seeing C-O asterisk K yeah um, but that's at a different theatre okay no um, and that would be great that's with that's by Marion Elliott as well yeah yeah she's yeah. flavour of the month uh, we're seeing The Seagull with Amelia Clark. oh yes at the Pinter love That'd a bit be, of Amelia Clark. Oh, me too 
Um, we're seeing a play called The 47th at the Old Vic. It's getting its world premiere. It's uh, written in Ironbeck Pentameter Ooh. about the upcoming presidential election. So Donald Trump versus Kamala Harris. Okay. Looks very good. And then we're seeing a play called a Jitney by August Wilson, who wrote Fences. You're getting a lot in, David. I know. And there's one more um, we're going to be seeing what I think is the best musical of the modern era uh, come from away it'll be my third time seeing it did it's just you um, watch it when it came on Apple TV last year I don't have Apple TV because I'm broke but I've seen it twice in London so, so. I don't have Apple TV but uh, when I got my new computer which is a Mac um, I got a free trial Nice. And it just happened that Come From Away came on Apple TV a week before my free trial expired. Yeah. And so I used it, watched Come From Away twice. It's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those... We went to see it, I think it was like the third night we were in London in 2019, and it was so good that we booked tickets. So it was the last thing we saw. Mm. We saw it again. And it was just... I don't think I've ever been so flawed emotionally but never I've never left a theater feeling so happy like it's not a comedy show but it's certainly life affirming yeah there's there's a lot of hope yeah a and, lot of heart and especially because it's it's based on um real events mm. um to quickly summarize should I do it or should you do it I could do it if you want all right off you go uh, so it's essentially set in a small uh, town in Newfoundland called Gander which used to have the largest airport in North America but when people uh, when they invented jumbo jets it was no longer needed so it's quite a small town but on September 11th 2001 when the world sort of stopped all the planes that were flying over North America were grounded there and it's the story of uh, the community taking in uh, 6,000 come from awayers people mm. from overseas and looking after them until they can fly again and it's just the most beautiful story i think of like human resilience yeah gorgeous gorgeous music and an ensemble i think it's like nine people who play all the parts yeah that it's a wonderful example of ensemble work in mm. musicals i think because yeah. there are a lot of plays um that have solid examples of working as an ensemble but come from away yeah flawless yeah. and um you know Seeing as David and I have just been like fangirling so hard about um, Come From Away, I'm going to play a bit of a track because um, it's quite a long one. I'll see how much I can squeeze in because, um, you know, I want to get my money's worth of David's time. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, called Me in the Sky, uh, which is sung by uh, Beverly Bass, who was a real pilot, one of the pilots who um, was flying on uh, that day and... Um, had to ground her plane and she was quite a kind of icon big influence uh big wahine tour energy because uh, in 2001 and pre that um female pl pilots didn't really get the representation or the respect that they deserved and it was viewed as a uh, male profession and she kind of started a movement with being you know one of the youngest female pilots or something like that. I think that. she was the first the first the first female pilot to fly a commercial airline in America. Yeah. And then she had stuff like all female crews and stuff like that and really kind of paved the way for mm. um you know female pilots. But uh anyway, you'll you'll get to experience some uh, Beverly Bass in the song. So enjoy guys. Crazy kid 
Cause I was one of those kids Who always knew what I wanted They took me down to the airport To see all the planes depart And watching them fly Something inside of me was starting I was eight when I told them That I'd be a pilot But I was too young and too short And there were no female captains And my dad said be patient He said just see what happens But I took my first lesson, came down from the sky And told my father I'd fly for the rest of my life And I got my first job, flying for a mortician In a tiny bonanza, just a corpse and me Five dollars an hour for flying dead bodies I had to climb over their faces just to get to my seat And suddenly the wheels lift off The ground is falling Just incredible, just incredible. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, yeah, actually, I might pop the old soundtrack to "Come From Away Up" with uh, the podcast of this episode. Do it's only I think obviously there's dialogue in the musical that isn't on the soundtrack, but I think in total it's just like a good solid hour and a bit of just brilliant character work. Um, my only fault with it is that the American cast, the guy who plays the English guy, sounds like an American trying to be English. Yes. Whereas when I saw it in London, it was just a guy very fortunately just had to speak like himself he had the best role <laughs> yeah it must have been hard um you know for everyone else <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, have, they have quite an eclectic uh accent yes it's it's a bit di- it's a bit of a dialect situation isn't it yeah it's a bit of like a, an irish and canadian walked into a bar and came out with an accent yeah, yeah so <laughs> um yeah no i've already said but i will i'm gonna put the the link to that album because i highly recommend listening to it listening to the whole thing in full it's great because it tells the whole story Mm. you know what's happening in the show without seeing the show absolutely um which i always enjoy in a musical but uh so you're catching come from away overseas any other musicals or is that the only one um well we probably will get to some but they are a lot cheaper than the players and you don't have to buy them in so far in advance yes yeah that's the thing about like Amelia Clark's doing The Seagull everyone's like oh, it's Amelia Clark so the tickets go really quickly but musicals obviously they're on eight times a week yeah um, so it would be a case of oh, yeah but we were, we saw Dear Evan Hansen when we were there last time and we well I fell asleep wow because I was so jet lagged it was the first day we arrived we'd just been flying for 27 hours yeah but it was the only day we could get seats Mm. and I fell asleep I don't know how long for probably a couple of minutes but I do feel guilty about it to this day so I think I should probably go see it again yeah if you can get a radio yeah Um, but yeah I mean there are lots I mean I've seen Book of Mormon three times but I'd happily see it again yeah Um, I don't know I feel like I haven't I've never seen Wicked oh David you should I know I really should and I think I might Um, oh the the other play we're going to see is called um, The Ocean at the End of the Lane it's an adaptation of a Neil Gaiman novel. Oh, yes. Yeah, it closes like four days after I arrive. So we're going to see that just as soon as possible. 
It looks really good. Apparently, it's the new Curious Incident. Oh, okay. Which is high praise. So. Well, we all know David Symes will be the judge for that, won't yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, singers have been uh, talking about your upcoming events. Mm. I'm going to talk about some of mine. Yeah. Well, they're not mine. They're, they're things happening in uh, Kirikiriroa. Yep. And I like to do this every episode. Um, I will not uh, claim that it's the official guide because otherwise I could do a whole episode. <laughs> Even in red, it's great to see that um, our creative comrades are still getting down to it. Um, yeah. Kind of it's, uh, having to be a lot more innovative, but still happening, uh, which is good. Um, so in no particular order, um, over at the Meteor, um, they have Ray O'Leary, Everything Funny All The Time, Always, a comedy show coming through in April with a show at 7pm on the 14th of April. And um, I also want to take a quick minute to say congratulations to the Meteor on getting their bathroom renovations underway. Um, they announced uh, last week that they're going to be shut for a month or so, a couple months, uh, because their Love Our Lose uh, toilet renovation project is um, finally happening. Builders are getting in, getting down to it, I assume. I did see also that they um, sold the urinal from the men's toilet. Interesting. me. Yeah. Wow. As a fountain. Because it's, it's, got, it's got the fountain. And Not it's, like a drinking fountain, though, you mean? Well, I mean, you could, but I wouldn't recommend it. No. But, um, yeah, it sold for like $175 wow. as a piece of Hamilton history. Because people will be like, I haven't seen that urinal since it was at Skate World. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I just thought that was a great idea because it's better than chucking it, you know, chucking it at the dump. Yeah. Or in that skip. Yeah. Yeah, you know? No, that's good. Always, always good to make money wherever you can. Well, yeah, and um, repurpose things. Yeah. So you know, congrats to the owner of the um, the meteor urinal. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably there since been at least Skate World, but I wonder if it was there when it was a brewery. Maybe <laughs> soda factory. Imagine that. Um, elsewhere, uh, looking over at Clarence Street, they have Shrek the Musical running April twenty sixth to thirtieth with a uh, ten thirty a.m. and two p.m. shows daily. I believe that's the school holidays. Yeah. So good family-friendly f- entertainment there. Uh, Rivoli Theatre have Geezers, a play directed by friend of the show and host, uh, or co-host of the Backstage Podcast, Mike Williams. Uh, that's scheduled to be running March 26th to April 9th, um, and that's being put on by Hamilton Playbox over at uh, Rivoli. Also Rivoli-related, actually, Hamilton Musical Theatre have just put out the call for directors for their 2023 shows. Um Hairspray and Young Frankenstein. Um, pop on over to their website or Facebook page if you want to apply to direct either of those. And last but not least, Navarra Lounge has an open mic night on February 23rd from 8pm. Check out their Facebook page for more info and how to book a slot if you want one. I always feel like I should do an open mic night. I've always thought um, I'd quite like to like open mic uh, comedy yeah, but I feel like I would be deliberately so awkward that they would never ask me back. I've been doing a lot of, I've been writing a lot of um, poems lately, like comedic poems. Oh, I like that. Which I certainly can't say on air um, because language a lot of four letter words. Um, yeah. But I feel like they'd be all right and to a drunk audience. Okay. Yeah, but also I have, uh, I don't know I think it takes a certain. A certain amount of courage to do an open mic. It's different when people know what they're going to expect. You know, yeah. oh, we're going to go see Hannah Mooney at the Meteor. But just rocking up to Navarro Lounge, having a couple of drinks, and then hearing you do this, it'd be a bit of a shock. We should do it. I'll open for you. Yeah. And then you do. What are you going to do? Rhythmic dancing? Or? 
No, no, I'll just do some stand-up. Oh, brilliant. Mate, I've got a podcast. I that, already think I'm funny enough to do stand-up yeah, if I can do a podcast. That's so true. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> suddenly just got, got into a big old Hannah Mooney ego burst. <laughs> Uh, no, but um, I'm going to ask you a question that I often ask uh, people who come on the show, and it's okay if you don't have an answer for it, because yep. often people can't talk about it if they do have uh, stuff that could be an answer. That was cryptic. I'm just going to ask a question. Yep. Um, okay, upcoming projects, either academic or creative. Understand if they're under wraps, but yeah. um, you can always spill the tea on that's the ticket. It's only um, me. Well, academically, um, I'm hoping to start my PhD in 2022. Um, Ooh. I've applied to a couple of universities in the UK, um, mm. and if the funding came back, that would be really nice, and I could go over. Otherwise, I won't be able to afford it. If not, I'll probably do it at Victoria University of Wellington. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to look at um, the similarities between theatre and comics in the terms of space and time. Sort of my big thing at the moment. Really love theatre, really love comics. So that would be what I'd do. It, what I'd be doing. Um, creatively... Just trying to make it day by day, mate. You know, um, I don't know. I feel like I do need a bit of an outlet. I've been writing a lot of poems. Yeah, you've you've mentioned that. Uh, yeah, a but times. I've got a a big uh, personal project that I'm working mm. on, um, which I can tell you about in the uh, in the break. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking about starting maybe writing that play. I was thinking about um, just as something to do. I'm yeah. starting a new job in a couple of weeks, and um, it seems like I might need something to keep my sanity. I mean, I'd say just do it. Yeah. Start doing it for you. You know, just because you start it doesn't mean it necessarily has to be finished or doesn't necessarily have to be finished right away mm. or it has to be shared. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, you never know if, until you try. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I'd say I have coming up. And then I have a, a book chapter that's being published sometime in 2022 mm. um, that I co wrote with uh, Kirstine Moffat uh, about death in okay. comic books not exactly uh, light reading but it was fun to do did you uh, a bit uh, fun home was um, helpful in that one it was it was helpful in the in the research but because it's so well written about we thought we'd uh, try our hand at some things that hadn't been even mentioned in academia Ooh, okay so. I'll have to read the chapter then it's pretty good alright okay. <laughs> that's a bit of a flex but that's alright but yeah. um hey thanks for coming on the show you're more than welcome thank you for having me that's flown my eh? I know well you know it's when the chat's this good but um, you know on behalf of that's the ticket and our listeners uh, thank you and safe travels thank as you well. very much thank you I'll, I'll have to get you back on we'll have to we could d certainly do a zoom one. Oh, while you while you're there I'll be at the theatre and I'll be like oh, sorry, sorry Anna I'm just watching a show <laughs> I actually, I like the idea of that. Hey, if you have time. <laughs> and I'm saying it on the show because now it has to happen because exactly. we've talked yeah. about it. But uh, to end the show, I'm going to play some more um, David Symes tracks. Actually, I, sh I didn't say in the intro with playing Me in the Sky that David actually bought that song to the show. Um, he also bought some other songs. Uh, one is called Directionists. Detectorists. Detectorists. But it's okay. Oh, no. I'm keeping that in. Um, <laughs> Detectorists. Uh and it's the original song from the show yeah it's the theme song to the sitcom um, it's by a man called Johnny Flynn are you going to play it? yeah yeah oh, okay well, then I won't do any more plugging oh, okay <laughs> and then um, following that I'm, I'm ending with two songs uh, Detectorist by Johnny Flynn uh, from the show and then uh, Flying Away the finale song from Fun Home because you know yeah. it's the finale of the show so might as well use it to end mine 
But uh, yeah, I've been Hannah Mooney. You've been David Sines. Correct. This has been That's the Ticket, and I will catch you guys next week. Matewa. Will you search through the lonely earth for me? Climb through the briar and bramble. I will be your treasure. I felt the touch of the kings and the breath of the wind. I knew the call of all the songbirds. They sang all the wrong words. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. Said, come here. You need to do what I tell you to do. You need to do what I tell you to do. Listen to me, Daddy. Come here. Hey, right I here, right now. Mind. You're making me mad. Listen to How me. Listen to me. To Listen to me. I wanna play airplane. You and I. I wanna play airplane. You and I. I wanna Like this, Daddy, do what I say. There you are, Daddy. Take my hand, give me yours, bend your knees, not that way. There when I say go, you start are. pushing me up. Okay. Don't let go yet. Okay, Don't honey. Let
so often there was a rare moment of perfect balance when I soared above him. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.